Friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, patron, my patron peeps, it's time for me to sing and get on with the show. Thank you, patron peeps. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether that's thoughts, you know, things on your mind, so things you're thinking about or, you know, past, present, future. It could be feelings like emotions coming up related to those thoughts or just feelings that are there, physical sensations, it could be changes in your routine or your work schedule or something else, you know, something else going on. Whether it's weather or you feel like you're talking about the weather and you really want, you know, whatever it is that's keeping you awake, I'd like to take your mind off of that. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to I have a safe place set aside that you're welcome to, to, to for, that I could send it to you. You can imagine it, or you could, be, you know, be here with me. I guess in a proverbial way, has anyone? I mean, I know I take that U two song from the nineteen nineties. Uh, who would move in a proverbial way? Uh, I mean, other than you know, big spirits, but because BB, you know, I love. I really thought that's the wittiest thing I ever said. That BB eight moves in spherical ways, but. Uh, I'd have to think who moves in proverbial scoots. He moves in proverbial ways. Uh, doesn't really fit. I got one half of a, a song pun. I mean, I guess it, like uh, the the t- you know like uh, like I don't really have, I said I don't, don't want to shake up any. Uh, but I said, well, any actually any like don't most um, spiritual teachers move? They teach in uh, proverbial ways. Right? What was it? Oh, Mysterious Ways was the song. But yeah, most uh, uh, spiritual teachers or life lesson teachers, they teach in proverbial ways. That's when one time when I was teaching and I was asleep, I said, well, I'm teaching in a proverbial, I'm proverbially teaching. And uh, luckily that was a dream within a dream. Okay, so I can get back to this uh, intro. I have no idea where I was. I got distracted by that uh, dancing. Have you, have you ever seen a dancing proverb before? Because I was just seeing one earlier. It was moving, and I said, "That's like the interpret. Like you're proverbially dancing in a proverbial way." And you know, I may be the only one to be able to appreciate it because I don't think I could put it into words except by using the words. I don't know if I could come up with a proverb. Okay, I could try, but I'm actually supposed to be introducing a sleep podcast. And I don't think I quite have the brain power to come up with a proverb for how lovely you're moving. I mean, it's kind of like a statue has come off a pedestal and started, you're like flowing. And you're doing that kind of hand stuff, too. But it's a kind of interpretive dance I'm comfortable. I say, well, that's a proverb. It's putting me at ease, too. Sometimes interpretive dance, like a, like in this situation, I feel like because it's so contextually out of place, uh, I can appreciate it. When I'm supposed to be watching proverbial dance, uh, and then you say, okay, did you pay attention? Because I, when I went to Catholic school, that would happen every once in a while. They say, okay, can you tell us about the... Uh, what was the what were the dancers at the at the and I, like and they were I guess you could, they weren't called proverbial dancers but in a sense they were. Oh, I just felt one of my teachers roll her eyes uh, from far far away. So I better get back to this podcast intro. She said, "Liturgical dance is not a proverb, but it's not proverbial." And I'd say, well, boy, how, how do we get this deep? Because I don't want to get it. I say, well, are you sure about that? Uh, let me tell you a story.
Let me tell you a little story here. Uh, actually, tonight we're not even going to be do- we're going to be unboxing a board game. So let me get back on track. So we're, if you if you're new, welcome. Regular listeners, you already got a you got an earful. New listeners, you did as well. I tend to go off topic and get mixed up early before. Sometimes after I introduce the show, and sometimes before it. But I'm here. To send my voice across the deep dark night, I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones, pointless meanders, and superfluous tangents, which you've just witnessed, all to take your mind off stuff and keep you company while you fall asleep. Uh, this podcast it doesn't actually put you to sleep on its own. It's more here to be here as you drift off to keep it, you know, to be your companion. That's why the shows are about an hour. So you have plenty of time to drift off, no pressure. And if you can't sleep, I'm going to be here to keep you company to the very end. This is also, you, and you probably already figured this out, a podcast you don't really listen to. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And you say, well, when does, this, when does it get started? I say, it's got started right when that, uh, a few minutes before that proverbial dancer came in the room. What about this one? I'm your proverbial dancer dancing to convey money uh uh that's by the great tina turner uh i mean her and that was her song i don't know if it was a proverb or or it was it was a story i don't know if it was also a proverb to be honest i don't really i'm not 100 percent. clearly you've been if you've been listening you say scoots is once again i don't think you know what that word means and I say, yeah, but if if that doesn't fit, though, those are the right amount of syllables for I'm your proverbial dancer. Dance to convey meaning. Uh, the words it could mean the the story gives meaning to the words we do. I don't know. I'd have to figure out the last part. Okay, so oh, so don't really pay attention to me. You don't really need to listen. I'm almost a, a grade above uh, background noise, and that can be hard to get used to. This whole podcast can be hard to get used to for new listeners. So if you're in that space right now, that is a very normal place to be in. Where you say, "What is this? What is this nonsense? This person is going on about." That's a very that's the majority of people. How because of course you've tried other stuff to fall asleep, and maybe you heard about the show or someone told you about it, and you say, "What? Is, when is this gonna?" And they say, "That's very normal." If you're skeptical or doubtful, all I can tell you is, uh, "Don't pay me. Don't pay t- too much attention to me." But also give it a few tries, and that doesn't come from me. That comes from hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people who, like maybe you, disliked the podcast at first and then said, well, after the second or third try, I realized, oh, it's not that I disliked it. I just didn't, wasn't sure. Like, kind of like some movies. I was just talking about this with somebody where, you, where you're spending too much time trying to figure it out, and then the second time you can enjoy it. This one, by the time you listen to me for 20 or 25 minutes, you're going to either, steam's going to be coming out your ears, or you say, oh, I get it. Uh, I do, he do, he really means it. Don't pay any attention to him. He's he's not the he's not a proverbial dancer dancing to convey meaning. He's a, he's a, the, not, you know, something dancing for not with not and speaking nonsense, so you could sleep when you want to sleep. Ooh. Uh, so anyway, don't don't really listen to me. I'm not here to push you to sleep. I'm here to keep your comp keep your company, be your boar friend, your boar bay, your boar cuz, your boar sib, your boar bestie. The structure of the show can also throw you off the first few times. So the show starts off with a greeting, so you feel welcome. Then there's support for listeners. Then there's support for the show. Then there's the intro. The intro goes from like minute six or minute eight to about minute. Uh, I'm trying to, sh- to trim them down, but you know, I don't know, twelve to twenty minutes into the show, and you say, "Well, when does the show get started?" I say, "Well, the intro is a show within a show, kind of that gives you time to relax and unwind and get comfortable." And start to drift off, whether you're doing some sort of bedtime routine or unwinding routine, whether you're getting ready for bed or you're in bed getting comfortable. 
And a small percentage of listeners fall asleep during the intro, and then 2 or 3% of people skip the intro. A few thousand people listen to story-only episodes on Patreon, but the majority of listeners, yeah, they, they get some distance from the day, the daytime to the nighttime, and then, then there will be, so then the intro will end, then we'll have some business to keep the show free, and then there will be our story, which will be a board game unboxing. And you say, oh, boy, I love board games or card games. And you say, well, you may love this one, but, I, like, I'm just going to be looking at the cards and the box and stuff and describing it and wondering how I would play the game and then getting mixed up because I haven't read the rules. Uh, so that'll hopefully put you to sleep or keep you company. And then there's some thank you. So it's the structure of the show. Uh, the other thing is the reason I make the show is because I've been there. In the deep, dark night, tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep, waking up, whatever it is. I've had a lot, I've dealt with a lot of that stuff, uh, and I know how it feels. And I know it doesn't re- really feel good normally, but knowing someone else is there to keep me company or to just take my mind off stuff, even if it's not their intention, like when I listen to comedy radio as a kid, uh, I don't know, it helped, uh, helped me feel less alone, and it took my mind off stuff. So that's really what I want to be here to do for you, and then maybe you fall asleep. The other reason I make this show, and I keep keep coming out, whatever, we're probably, I don't know if we're over a 1,000. When I'm recording this, we haven't made a 1,000 episodes, but when this comes out, we might be past a 1,000 episodes. So I made a 1,000 episodes because I believe you deserve a good night's sleep. You deserve a place you could rest get comfortable and drift off. That's important to me because if your world's better, my world is better. And it, you say, no, not, you know, I live it over, you know, here. and I say, no, it's true. If your world's a little bit better, our entire planet's a little bit better too. And if you want to quibble about that, let me just tell you, I, I, I you deserve a good night's sleep. Okay. You deserve uh, some rest. So you can, you know, have your day tomorrow be be a little bit more manageable. Or that you don't, you know, that you don't have all the rigmarole around sleeplessness. So that's what I'd like to provide if I can. Like I said, this show does not work for everybody, so give it a few tries. But I really appreciate you coming by and checking it out. I really work hard. I yearn and I strive. And I really hope I can help you fall asleep. Uh, thanks again for coming by. And here's really a couple ways I'm able to be here for you free twice a week. All right, everybody, Scoots here. It's time for another board game unboxing. This was a suggestion from a listener, Allison. And it comes from the same company, uh, Looney Labs, that makes Flux with two X's. Uh, And this game is called, I don't even know how to pronounce it. It's a card game of time travel. Chrononauts, Chrononauts, uh, you remember the Phenomenauts, you remember the Aquanauts, you remember Astronauts, of course, uh, uh, the Snoozenauts, that's something I've yet to invent, but I will one day, and now you get to play a game called Chrononauts, like Shanana, Shanananauts, was there ever any Shanananauts? I mean, talk about it, like some of these, you say, like an obscure reference. You say, well, I'm a member of Sean, I'm a Bowser in a spacesuit. I'm a Shananat. Uh, or you could make a rope. Here's the easier way to do it. Take a rope, decorate it like a member of Shanana. First, most of you are going to have to look up what Shanana is. Uh, then take a piece of rope, make a knot in it dress it up, uh, put put it, you know, make it look like a, uh, a 1950s, even though I've talked about Shanana, then I always get confused. Is it, was it a tri- tribute band? I mean, they were at uh, Woodstock, though. Like, are, is it a doo-wop group? I don't know. These are, these are questions I've answered and I've forgotten the answers to. But you'd say, well, what is that piece of rope you're holding? That piece of knotted rope I'm holding? It's a Shanana knot. Uh, Shanana knot. What do you use it for? Well, uh, when you're out sailing and you want to do a little doo wop, uh, 
you tie yourself a sha na na knot so that your rudder uh, has enough play uh, so you can wobble with the water as you sing. And that is the sha na na knot. That's K N O T, not N A U T. But this game we're talking about is chrononauts, uh, or chrononauts, chrononauts, chrononauts. Uh, if you say it fast, it does feel like chrononauts, uh, chrononauts. What do I eat for breakfast? What do chrononauts eat for breakfast? I don't know. I heard at one point in the last uh, year, I heard grape nuts were sold out or something. And I said, the people that overbought those are going to be disappointed because, uh, no offense to Grape Nuts fans, but they don't taste, they taste like the inside of nuts. Uh, you'd say they, they don't taste, uh, never had any grape in there. But if you've ever, uh, eaten something that's in a nut and not a seed, not even a, no, more of a seed, they should be called grape seeds because that's what they taste like. If you've ever, if you've ever eaten a grape seed, what is this? Is the throwing shade at Grape Nuts cast? Uh, you say, wait a second, Scoots, I bought 50 years of Grape Nuts, uh, 50 years supply of Grape Nuts. I say, well, first of all, I'm not exactly sure they're going to last 50 years. Uh, anyway, I got to get on to this game, uh, the card game of time travel, Chrononauts. Uh, okay, it came in a, a pack, a, like a card pack, a box, uh, about the size of two playing decks of cards. It's made from cardboard, and on the cover it has chrononauts, but in the middle O, so C-H-R-O-N, C-H-R-O-N, then there's a spinning clock for the next O, then N-A-U-T-S, uh, the card game of time travel explanation point. Then we have a portal with some... Uh, uh, some sparkles and some spheres, and then years, 1929, 1944, 1995, 19, like, kind of like you're in a dream, 1962, 1950, 1986, 1865, 1999, and 1969. So only one year from the 1800s on the, that made the cover. So that's the front cover. It's mostly blues and maybe a purple or two. Very nice. Uh, on the sides of the box, it says chrononauts. Then it has a, what are these, what is it, a, a cartoon-dinosaur, brontosaurus-type dinosaur. Looks a little bit Richard Scarry uh, style. And then it has this symbol for Looney Labs. Uh, and I guess it has the lot, Lou, L-O-O, 009. Say, which restroom did you use? Lou, 009. Not do- Why didn't you go in 007? Wouldn't have that been more funny? Say, this that one was open. So, yeah, you just used Lou, 009. So that's one side of the box. One of the top sides... Uh, Chrononauts, best traditional card game. It has a ward, uh, but I can't quite, like uh, something award winner. Then on the other side, it says one to six players, 11 to, to A for, and then 20, 20, 20 to 25 minutes, made in the USA. And then on the back side, it has a UPC symbol made with recycled paper. Uh, this is Chrononauts uh, version 1.5, 2000 to 2013, Looney Labs, Andrew Looney, designer. They have a patent, uh, patent number 6,474,650. If only you could patent a sleep podcast. If I had this game, I already asked about it. They said no. After I said, what, 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 that giant corporation took a lot of my ideas, and, and they, they said, yeah. That's not a corporation, Scoots. That's a startup. Uh, and I say, yeah, but they're like, and anyway, so can't do that with a sleep podcast. So printed in the USA by Delano Games, UK importer is uh, is as Devium, and then you can visit them at LoonyLabs.com. And then we have the back cover. The card game, a tra- time travel, chrononauts. Then it has the cards laid out very nicely on an imaginary table. Uh, 
four uh, columns of four and rows of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Don't know if that's how you play, though. And then it says, so you want to be a time traveler. Messing with history has its consequences. Uh, for starters, your world no longer exists. Then there are paradoxes, holes in time, space continuum that could, you know, really do stuff with the universe. Shuffle up this time machine in a box and start changing history. Uh, then it has a continent, continents, it doesn't have continents or continents, it has contents. Uh, 140 cards and instructions, 1 to 6 players, 11 to A, 20 to 25 minutes, chrono, chron, chrononauts, uh, chron on, chrononauts, uh, is a trademark of Looney Labs, College Park, Maryland, and now we open the box. It comes with a product catalog from Looney Labs and instructions. We'll check those later. And then it has the cards divided into two piles. Now, I don't know if that necessarily means there's two sets of cards, but I'm going to check. Okay, it looks like there's one large Chrononauts deck, and then there's a Paradox deck. Uh, so we'll start with the uh, Chrononauts deck. And the Chrononauts deck, uh, on the back, it has a clock uh, in black and white and gray. And then it has Chrononauts in red, uh, bold lettering. or what I don't I mean, it's a nice font, I'll say that. And looking through it, there's a couple different kinds of cards. There's action cards, artifact cards... Uh, gadget cards, inverter cards. So maybe this is a bit like Uno. Interesting. And then year cards, uh, with years and connections. Um, and let's start with the action cards cause they're on the bottom. Uh, the first, so the action cards are teal, I'd say light blue. And on the left, top left corner, they have a clock, and then they have the word action. Then they have the major, like the 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 card, whatever the card title, I guess you'd say. And then two sets of like uh, like instructions or kind of rules or something. So the first one is discontinuity. This would be good for if you're studying for one of those standardized tests. Uh, or spelling thing, if you had to spell it first, a discontinuity. All players pass their hands to the players next to them. Oh, boy, these ones are always a big rule. You know, these ones are always useful in these style of games. And you decide if the cards go left or right. Don't pass mission or ID cards. Uh, so watch out. If you got a good hand, watch out for the discontinuity card. And there's two of those that I've seen thus far. So that's good to know. If you have two discontinuity cards, you're in good shape. Okay, this one is another action card. Get there first. Uh, without permission, take an artifact or a gadget. Go back in time just before the moment when your opponent recovered an artifact or gadget and collect it yourself. So this is the one where you find you follow them, then you jump in time before them, uh, which uh, you know could be inconvenient uh, if you're t you know if you have a good artifact or gadget. And there's two of the uh, is there no no there's three of these ones, uh, so that could be interesting. Okay, this next action is your parents never met. Uh, the player of your choice must re reveal and discard his or her ID. So you get IDs and draw a new one. Cool. I love it. So this is like also role-playing. I'm excited uh, to do. I'm excited to know what the IDs are. Oh, another get there first. So what does that make it for? Okay. It never existed. Discard an artifact or gadget that is face up in front of the play, any one player. What never existed? So that way you get to zonk it out of existence. You don't get to take it, but at least you get to get rid of it. So that's a good thinking of strategy, right? Uh, 
don't want to overplan for these cancellation cards, but you do have to think about them. Okay, action, new mission. Oh boy, this is this is this is like uh, titillation for the game. Swap your secret mission with someone else's, or discard it and draw a new one. So we get to take on an ID and a new and a mission. Now I'm really excited to play this game. Okay, next action: perform a miracle. In quotes, though. So this has got a lot of rules here. So uh, discard one artifact that is faced up in front of you. Then, setting your hand aside, draw two cards, play one, and discard one. So that's interesting. But then it also says biblical relics. Uh, make that draw three, play two, and discard one. If your artifact was one of these, uh a crown of thorns, ask the covenant, ancient wisdom, or a golden calf from EAC. So, okay, so you discard an artifact, uh, but you get to draw, so you get to get an extra turn. So maybe this is a late game, or if things just aren't going well, and you, need, you say, man, I need an extra turn almost to get something going. And then if you have a biblical relic, you get to play two cards and discard one. So it's kind of like, I don't think I'm going to use this relic for my long-term strategy, so let me get the most out of it. And there are two of those, and the next one is sell an artifact. Discard one artifact that is face up in front of you, and then draw a card. Dinosaur bonus. If the, if the artifact is a live dinosaur, draw an extra card. So this one's not as powerful as the last one, but you still get to get rid of an artifact. Uh, and it also means there's a dinosaur in the game, which reminds me of the game dinosaur in um, Disney's Animal Kingdom, where you do go in time. So maybe they, they, that's inspired by this ride. I mean, interesting. I love pop culture references in games. Okay, so then there's two of those so far. Uh, then we have an action card, Time Vortex. Gather up the cards from everyone's hands. Not counting missions or IDs. Shuffle them out uh, without look. Shuffle them up without looking, and then deal them out evenly, starting with yourself. So that's like to, if things aren't going well, or you think someone's a big time in the lead, shake it up. Okay, so now we're in artifacts. Uh, the artifact has a, um, a pyramid shape on the left, and this is artifact. The cards are green, and they include art, though. Uh, this artifact is unplayable during Uber Paradox, U-B-E-R-P-A-R-A-D-O-X. And for the love of Tiff, Tiff Bannon, remember Tiff Bannon? Uh, she, she was president in that time travel movie, 2080-55 or something. Oh, no, I'm thinking of Biff Tannen, uh, Sports Almanac from the Future. Uh, complete statistics sorted by date. This was a book that Biff Tannen had or similar to it in um, Back to the Future 2. And it's Gray's Sports Almanac, uh, 1950 to 2050, recovered from January 2051. It's just an artifact, and then, two, yeah, it doesn't have anything else. Okay, this next artifact is uh, Ancient Wisdom. And I think this is one of the biblical ones. The scrolls taken from the Library of Alexandria just before it uh, went to the farm, the big library in the sky. And it has a picture of scroll, a scroll, and it's recovered from 48 BCE. Next artifact is from Unplayable During Uber Paradox or Sunglasses. And there's a small picture of sunglasses. Beatles, 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 Beatles reunion album on CD. And it's a, it has a picture of a CD, Beatles Purple Submarine, with a purple submarine on it. And it says, this card cannot be played or stolen unless there's pink exclamation point uh, sunglasses. If uh, 
black sunglasses, a Beatles reunion CD in play may be substituted for any one artifact listed on your mission. And that's recovered from 1995, but it has like a apostrophe at the end. So that's interesting. Uh, thorny stuff. Uh, this was from 33 AD and uh, has a picture. Uh, something for tummy tum travel. Uh, tummy tum tum things. Uh, melt, melt in your mouth and not in your hands. Uh, unplayable during Uber Paradox. This is recovered from the future. It has a picture to uh, melty melts. Uh, this is an artifact unplayable during some symbol I can't quite understand. This is a, a German cake. Uh, a slice of a Schwarzwald Kuchen and a souvenir postcard from the New York's World Fair. Fresh and delicious. Can only be uh, played or stolen if pink strange symbol that looks like two interconnected A's uh, in opposition. Once in play, it can be discarded at any time and used as a memo. That's interesting. Memo. It cannot be used to stop theft of itself with it can't cannot be used to get to stop theft of itself with get there first. And this was recovered from September first, nineteen thirty-nine apostrophe. Next up it looks like broccoli, but it says Jade Statue of Tyrade Tirade. Unplayable during Uber Paradox. After it was gone, this sculpture was widely regarded as the greatest artwork of the 5,000th millennium. Always gets a full bonus for selling an artifact or perform a miracle. And it was recovered from July 10th, uh, the year uh, 4,936,585. Oh, here's somebody from the box, uh, Live Brontosaurus, known in sometimes streams as the Apotosaurus. Her name is Emily, and it's the Brontosaurus from the cover with a kind of Richard Scary uh, look to it in a good way, not scary, in a cute way. And it was recovered from 149 million BCE. And we have live Stegosaurus. Her name, his name is Steggy. And he's also happy. He's from 151 million BCE. Oh boy, we keep, keep him coming. Live Triceratops. Her name is Sarah. She's from 66 million BCE. Then we have a live Tyrannosaurus. His name's Rex. He's from 65 million BCE. Lost Ark of the Covenant. This one is gold, uh, looks right out of the movie, currently sealed up in a big wooden crate, recovered from 587 BCE. Then we have the Mona Lisa, Mona, an excellent forgery, passes for the original if the real thing is not in play. Oh, this is an excellent forgery. The next one is Mona Lisa, an obvious forgery. She has a moustache on her. Can be asked, passed off as a real thing if no others are in play. Then we have the real Mona Lisa, the real thing. Uh, that's from August 21st, 1911. Then we have Rongo Rongo Tablets, historical records of Easter Island written in lost language of Rongo Rongo on wooden planks that the missionaries like wasted because they were not smart. And that was recovered from 1865. We have Shakespeare's last play, Mona and the Dragon, a play in five acts by William Shakespeare. Newly discovered, in quotes, Shakespearean manuscripts actually written by the time-rescued playwright 600 years after his own death, recovered from 1616, but with an apostrophe. Here's one. Tomorrow's newspaper today. It's a USA Tomorrow. 
Stuff happened. Lotto numbers, weather, sports, life, money. And that's recovered from tomorrow. Uh, videotape creation of the universe. And it's, it's a, it's a Betamax tape. Uh, the first day, do not erase day one. And it's recovered from day one. Uh, next up are some gadgets, which have like a gear symbol. They're on a green, but, but like kind of blue green. Uh, and let's see the gadget says really fast time machine. If you have a gadget on the table, you may play an extra inverter or patch and draw to replace it. And after your nor after your normal turn action, you may use only one time machine action per turn. So you could use this the whole time. Oh, let's see. Gadgets are played like artifacts and may be stolen or unexisted like artifacts. However, gadgets cannot be sold or used to perform miracles. Also, new gadgets are unplayable during a Uber Paradox. Obey time, speed limits, space limits. So you, if you have the gadget on the table, you may play an extra inverter or patch and draw to replace it after. So you, get, you almost get an extra turn if you have an inverter or patch. Uh, that's cool. The next one is a teeny tiny uh, time machine, and it looks like it's like a portable one. If you have a, this gadget on the table, any inverter you play works like a reverse fate, actual size. You may only use one time machine action per turn. I don't know what reverse fate means, though, but uh, we'll find out, I guess. Okay, so now we do get into the inverter cards. So it has like the... um. The reverse symbol or the spiraling symbol with a red and a black arrows circling one another, and it says inverter on it. The cards are yellow. They have a, a no symbol with a picture. This one's of a famous ship uh, or famous ships, and then it says avert fame, you know, trouble for famous ships. Uh, and you can flip one of the following. You could take the Titanic, uh, the Lustania, or the Hindenburg. It also works for DCC or, I don't understand, but um, it, it works for other stuff too, avert trouble. So I guess you get to change history. And let's see, there's one, two of those. This one is uh, halt some um, actions we wouldn't be happy about uh, in history. And it has uh, three famous ones, and then it has more famous uh, uh, other ones uh, throughout history. Um, so it says, hey, don't do that, please. There's one of those. Uh, this one is uh, um, defarming stuff. Uh, please defarm this uh, situation. Uh, and keep this person from, you know, so it says, uh, hey, no, that person will not be, f be in, visiting the big farm uh, in history. There's actually three of those. Uh, then restore history. You can flip any red historical pin from uh, red to black. Uh, and let's see how many of those are. There's two of those. Then there's reverse uh, fate, which means you can flip any uh, any pin in history from red to black. Oh, no, any way. It does not just uh, red or black. Uh, there's nine of those. And the next one, it's kind of long. It's uh, inverter. It's uh, from the Beastie Boys song. It goes, I can't stand it. I know you planned it. I'm going to set it straight. This Watergate uh so it's pretty a lot to put on one card as a title. I can't stand it. I know you planned it. I'm going to set it straight this Watergate. Uh, it allows you to flip any famous, uh, uh, some famous historical things. Okay, these ones are orange cards. I guess they're patch cards. Uh, when you draw a patch, when you play a patch, you draw a card. And it has dates on it. It has this. These. This is a lot of information. So it says patch on the bottom, and then it says A two on the bottom. 
Then it has a date, uh, 1868, with a apostrophe, February 24th. Uh, and then an arrow going towards February 24th and an arrow, arrow going back in 1868. And it says Abraham Lincoln impeached, uh, but, uh, president gets out of, uh, gets out of it by one vote. And that's nullified if you have Lincoln's hat 1865. Uh, then 1817 or 1917, 1917, keeping us out of, you know, that, uh, WW stuff, president Wilson staying out of the WWs, just like he said he would. And that one is, uh, nullified if there's a submarine at 1915. The next one is 1918 European economy is booming, uh, and that's nullified if there's a crown in 1914. Uh, this is 1929, April 14th. Uh, Titanic doesn't go anywhere. Uh, steamship uh, just uh, stays around uh, in 1929, April 14th. Uh, it's nullified, though, if there's an iceberg in 1912. Uh, 1933, mild recession. Yeah, things could be worse, says FDR. That one's nullified with an iceberg in 1912 or, uh, um, what do you call submarine in 1915. Uh, fairgoers love cake. Uh, this is 1935. Black Forest cake is served and is a big, pit, big hit in the World's Fair. That's September, in, and that's a nullified if in 1936 there's some strange symbol. I don't know what it means. A B, P, or something. Okay, let's see. 1944, Olympic Games in Warsaw, Poland. Jackie Robinson wins five gold medals for the U.S., uh, and that could be nullified in 1936 or 1941. Yeah, let's see. We got, uh, let me see. Okay, World Peace in 1945, C, August 6th. Uh, uh, and that uh, is an unstable patch, uh, nullified or uh, playable only if... Uh, 1945 is in Nexus. Checks for check for viability before installing this patch. Uh, let's see. 1948 Berlin hosts World's Fair. Six million tourists visit. That could be nullified in 1936. Uh, 1950s Zeppelin factory in Seoul, South Korea, uh, and withdraw of the U.S. Uh, and that could be nullified in 1937. Okay, now we're back. Oh, no, that, that's so, so now we're back at the top of that stack. So I'm going to grab the next deck. Okay, so now we have uh, more of these uh, ones. Uh, uh, Peace Accord signed uh, in 1968. That's null, It could be nullified in 1963. Uh, 1969, cosmonauts orbiting the moon. That could be nullified in 57 or 63. President King takes office uh, uh, after Nixon's impeached. That could be nullified. Oh, this is 1974. Uh, in 1865 or 1963, the green stuff's illegal in 1986 with President Mondale. Uh, they could be nullified in 1980 or 1981. Uh, reinvention of communism, 1991. They could be nullified in 1981. Okay, now we still have some Chrono cards. These are time warps, uh, and they have a symbol. These are kind of a purplish magenta. Fast forward. Immediately draw two more cards and put them in your hand and then play two cards. Uh, draw two cards and put them in play. Put them in your hand and play two cards. Uh, note, uh, time time wasting, discarding an extra card and drawing a replacement is a valid option anytime you choose to discard a card instead of playing it. 
Next time warp is a memo from your future self. Play at any time to cancel a card as it's being played. So this is an important one. Discard the target card and proceed with the next game action. Action. Using this card will reduce your hand size by one. So you probably should save that for when you have a good hand and someone tries one of those ones to mess around. Uh, then you get another memo from your future self. Uh, time warp. A quick trip into our future. Scurry into the future to get what you need and then come back to this exact moment but so no one knows you were gone. You get to look through the draw pile. Choose a card other than a time warp. Uh, reshuffle the deck, not including the discard pile, and play the card. So that's another useful one. Uh, time warp. There's two of those. Uh, then there's Time Warp Rewind. Remove any card other than Time Warp from the discard pile and immediately play it. Although anyone may look through the discard pile at any time. Rewind. Remove any card from the discard pile and play it. Okay, interesting. But anyone can look through the discard pile. There's one, two, three, four rewinds. Okay, now we're getting into these other cards. The next card is the ID card. These are different cards. They have a different back. Uh, so it looks a little bit like a um, passport, but it says ID on it. Then it has like a kind of um, uh, space type writing and a person's ID picture. And I'm not kidding. The first one is Andy. Uh, which is pretty funny. So these are like your ID. Yeah. So 1939, there's or, there's three dates on there. Two are orange and one is blue. And two are red and one is blue. So you have 1939 apostrophe with the German cake thing in red. Then you have 1969 in black, Apollo 11 landing on the moon. Then 1986 in red. It says the legalize of the green stuff. And then it has like a, a, your kind of thing, like a whole thing, uh, like their backstory. So that's kind of fun. So waiting to become my future self. Uh, then there's Betty who wants to help JFK. Uh, there's a fruit basket. Uh, Bob who... Uh, let's see, Gunther, it's not a watch, it's a Timex, uh, Mr. X, uh, Love Zeppelins, uh, Oliver, How Shakespeare Lived to be 653, Rainbow, Renee. So these ones, I don't want to read the whole thing, but they all have like little stories about them. Uh, and yeah, there's quite a few of them. So it looks fun. I don't know if you randomly get those, uh. But that could be fun. Uh, okay, so then you have mission cards that have like a sealed letter with your mission on there. Uh, so these must be the ones that are most important. Articles of faith. Uh, uh, you have to have three of the artifacts on the table in front of you at the end of your turn. Oh, all three. The thorny thing, the Ark of the Covenant, and the um, videotape. Uh if you're playing Uber Chrononauts, the Golden Calf can be substituted. Okay, Cheaters Win is the next mission. You know, to, the, the, so that one you need to get the Almanac, a, a Mona Lisa Forgery, and Shakespeare's Play. Cretaceous Park, uh, you got to have three of the four dinosaurs, uh, Stegosaurus, Brontosaurus, Tyrannosaurus, and Triceratops. Uh that one, you're helping make Jurassic Park. Great Mysteries, so you need the Rongo Rongo tablets, the Ark of the Covenant. So you could be in problems if, you, if you're going for this and the other person, videotape of creation. Yeah, a lot of the missions are contrary. Like, so then Mona and a dinosaur, so that's Shakespeare's play, any dinosaur and the Mona Lisa. The most convincing one in play. All three Mona Lisas, that's another one, Mona Lisa Triptych. Uh, Museum of Lost Treasures, you need Ancient Wisdom, the Rongo Rongo Tablets, and the Covenants. 
scientists' wish list. Uh, uh, says it's cool scientific stuff, uh, stuff from the future. You need three of the four almanac, a newspaper, uh, jade statue, or uh, tummy tubby tubs. Tomorrow's wisdom today, newspaper wisdom, or the videotape, but you need all three of those. So those are the missions. And then you have these turning points in history. And they, okay, so these are the ones you flip over that have like a red side and um, with a X, like the, um, whatever you call it, apostrophe. So that's, I guess, if you change it. Uh, so there's Lincoln, Andrew Johnson, Titanic, uh, Ferdinand, uh, you know, like uh, different things in the history that aren't so hot. Uh, uh, yeah, so a lot of history that you say, okay, wait a second here. Uh, oh, so some of those are, uh, okay, no, so we have a couple different ones. So there's two different things. Uh, there's history points and then there's paradoxes. So I got to separate the history points are purple on one side and red on the other side. And then there's other ones that are paradoxes in 1999, and you can restore those uh, somehow. But those are also like turning points. Uh, I guess that you could, they're ripple points instead of uh, turning points. Uh, so I guess they're also changing points in history. So, yeah, I mean, those are all part of the game, too. And now is our last few few minutes. Let's figure out how to uh, play this. Uh, so your time travel with a unique identity, according to the rules, uh, and a secret mission, and an important and an important job. Paradox repair. So this game is played all with the cards, but it has a feel of a, a board game since history is represented by a grid of thirty-two cards called the timeline. Okay, so all those paradox cards and uh, the turning point cards are all the timeline. So you set those up uh, in an 8x4 grid on the table according to the time index A, B, C, and D. So it's pretty easy to lay out. Uh, and then you create shuffle draw piles for each of the type and deal one to each card. A mission card, an identity card, and then the main deck, they get three cards. So you can win one of three ways. Uh, go home if your character can return to the alternative, alternate reality listed on your ID card. Oh, so the dates on the cards must appear on the timeline as exactly as they do on your ID card when your turn ends. So you can turn dates red or black. So fix paradoxes or make effective events. You could also complete your mission with the three artifacts on your mission card on the table in front of you at the end of your turn. Or achieving power and success. After completing your turn, you have ten cards in your hand. Not counting your ID and mission, you win. You can only claim victory at the end of your turn. So how to play. To determine who goes first, all players will guess the current time. Whoever comes closest starts the game. Players take turns doing the following. Draw one, take the top card, add it to your hand, and then play one. Choose any card in your hand and either play it or discard it. If you can't or don't want to play any of your, any of your cards, you must discard one. If you choose to discard a card instead of playing, you may also choose to discard a second card and then draw one to replace it. This is called wasting time. And as we went over, there's three kinds of card types. There's artifacts, which are part of mission objectives. When playing an artifact, place it up face up on the table in front of you. These are amazing items from the past to the future, which only a time traveler can acquire. There's gadgets, things that do stuff, which you place face down on the table in front of you. And gadgets have their own special features you can use later. Follow the instructions on the card. Then you have actions, which are single-use event cards. When you play an action card, do whatever it says, then discard it. 
You have time warps. Uh, sometimes time warps are powerful action cards. Uh, do whatever it says, then discard it. Inverters are how to change history. So those are the ones you can flip over. History has uh, three, uh, 13 turning point events, uh, each identified by a unique icon. You can turn them to true or prime. And inverters are used to reverse uh, these pinpoint, these turning points in history. There's several kinds of inverters, some of which can be used on anyone, and some have to be used on specific ones. When you play an inverter, turn over the turning point you want to flip, then adjust all the ripple points that change as a result. See below as examples. Then there's patches, which you repair history. When a, a pin, turning point changes, all the other events on the timeline change as well. At first, holes called paradoxes will appear. These holes are repaired with patches. A patch can only be played on its corresponding paradox on the timeline. To patch years, place a patch card over the paradox. When you do this, you immediately get to draw a card as payment from the time repair agency. Some patches uh, have special properties. Patches are nullified and removed from history, moved from the timeline, and discarded if history is changed again. And then, uh, yeah, there's a lot of there's optional ways to play. Uh, there's know your mission. There's temporal anomalies. Uh, know your ID card. Common questions. You can also get expansion sets. Uh, you can take an identity mulligan if you just played the same character. And then there's like examples of timelines and uh, to kind of get an idea of like what happens uh, if you change a turning point in history and then it creates a ripple point or paradoxes. So it does seem like this will take a little bit of learning. Um I'm hoping this is a game I can actually be better than my daughter on, because currently all the games we play, she wins pretty much all the time. Or the games that I actually have a chance of winning at, we don't, you know, say, well, I don't know if I want to play that, Dad. And I say, let me just, you know, that's my job. I'm here to boost your self-esteem. Your ID card has all the details about the character you're playing. The bottom bottom half is informational. The top half lists the three events that define your home reality. One of these will be a real event. The other two are alternate realities uh, that are described on patches. To win, to get home, you have to reshape the timeline to match all three. You must win. You you win only if all three of your headlines are on the timeline. The thirteenth paradox. Uh, paradoxes are not good so each one is you know creates a hole in the time space continuum and needs to be patched if there's too many open at once uh, uh there'll be you know trouble time uh and everybody loses uh and you get you know that's why you get paid for fixing paradoxes all right so this is uh chrononauts and i'm looking forward to playing it from looney labs and you can let me know, say, Scoots, how did it go? How, how was it? And I say, well, it's probably a lot of fun. Also, they sent me this thing that says Fluxus 25. These are some tiny gifts from Looney Labs since they were celebrate, they're celebrating a big anniversary. So I'm just going to open this for fun. And the cool thing is it came sealed. What is this? I'll tell you on the other side. And it says, uh, greetings, friends, to celebrate our silver anniversary of gifts. Here's a gift for you and a gift to give to a friend. Uh, you found a set of cards for Tiny Flux with a fold-it-yourself tiny box along with another envelope. Don't open it. It's for a friend of yours. Uh, so you could give somebody else a set of Tiny Flux cards with their own fold-up box. Uh, someone who has yet to try Flux. So Looney Labs has been making games for 25 years now. And they're, they're, they've been, I mean, that's really a testament to a company that they've been around for 20 years. Kristen and Andy Looney. Um, and so, and, and oh yeah, so they make Flux, which I played a lot. Uh, 
uh, with uh, one of my buddies, Nick. Uh, and now they have, I mean, there's so many different versions of Flux, too. So shout out, shout out to uh, everybody uh, at Looney Labs. Uh, and uh, thanks. Thanks, everybody, and good night.